You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. author of first john was was known as the beloved the apostle of love and love is a unique word love from jesus standpoint as it relates to disciples has to do with action. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. Jesus took away the emotional aspect and just said, hey, if you love me, you're going to do the right thing. Because see, if you put the emotional aspect in it, your emotions will try to keep you from doing what you need to do. You know you messed up, but your emotions will keep you from admitting you messed up. Hmm, I guess I'm the only one that's been guilty. Knew I needed to apologize. It's clear that I was wrong. But my emotions, my feelings, my pride stopped me from doing the right thing. You know, and that's the reason I, I have a problem with folks that you know it ain't no love in the church. Yeah, it's somebody obeying God. What kind of love you talking about? You talking about this emotional stuff or you talking about... The God kind of love. But Jesus didn't just stop at saying that if you love me, keep my commandments. He, he said to his disciples also that, look, I got a new commandment for y'all. Okay, drop it on us, Lord. By this, folk going to know that you are connected to me. You are my disciples because you have love one toward the other. Bottom line, disciples are going to be practicing the word as it relates to each other. You are going to see me doing right. And likewise, I'm going to see you doing right. Of breaking it down, I'm going to know without question that you're thinking, talking, and doing according to the will of God. And you are going to know that I'm thinking, talking, and doing according to the will of God. It brings into manifestation what Paul talked about 
when he said uh, we should know those that labor among us. You just see that love connection between folk that labor together. And so John's message was primarily about love in the sense of of being obedient to what God said as it concerns love. Specifically what I just mentioned, if you really love God, you're going to keep his commandments. And if you are truly a disciple, you're going to exemplify your love for your brothers and your sisters by thinking, talking, and doing according to the written and revealed will of God. And so in 1 John 1 and 5, he, he starts out by letting the saints of Asia Minor know that what I'm declaring to you is what I heard from God. No secondhand information. It came directly from God. And what the Lord gave me is what I am declaring to you. And we have to understand when it comes to the message of God, is a word that has the capacity to change lives for the better. Of course, the message has to be received. We have to do what James said. James said, don't just hear what is being proclamated, but be a doer of the word. And when you do so, you will be blessed in your deeds. And so the message that God gives men and women of God that, that they in return proclamate causes people that are listening to receive faith. Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so when I receive the message that God is delivering, faith comes. Why is faith so important? Because faith is that which is going to give me victory or success when it comes to my dealings with the world. For 1 John 5 and 4 says, the victory that overcomes the world is even our faith. I got to have faith to deal with this pandemic. I can't deal with it based upon these opinions or, or false promises. It's going to take faith in order for me to come through what I'm dealing with in the world. And some of us know that to be true because you have tried different things that just didn't work for you. That the world offered, but they did not work for you. Because the world can offer you something that may be okay for somebody, but it's simply not doing what it needs to do for you. Whoa, I know I got at least two folk in here that know what I'm talking about. If that be the case, just put your hand up and say, I hear you preach. I know what you're talking about. And so I have to be to the point to where 
I go beyond what the world is offering in order to deal with what's happening in the world. So I have to have faith. I'm like Elder Bray. I have to get a word from God. If I don't hear from God, I'll end up in a place, uh, a predicament that I don't need to be. If I don't get what Jesus said I need, I won't operate the way I need to operate. You know what Jesus said to the devil in Matthew 4? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from God. I got to have not just something from God. I got to have everything he ordained for me to have. I got to have what he ordained for me to have Sunday in and Sunday out. I can't miss no meal. See, some of y'all, you treat God's word like you treat food. You know, I was talking earlier about folk. You put a plate in front of them. They take two or three bites and say they done. No, I, I can't be like that with real food. And I can't be like that with God's word. When I come to the table to eat, I'm coming to get full. And, and, and excuse me, but sometimes I get more than full. Woo! Ask your neighbor, have you ever got more than full at the table? You already feel some pressure down now, but it's so good you got to have at least two or three more bites. Woo! Some of y'all right here don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm sure glad there's some folk over here. You know what it is to fill it, but you still want a couple of more bites because it's so good. That's how God's word is to some of us. It's just too good to miss. We got to come and see what God going to put on the table. And when he put it on the table, sometimes it may not feel the way we want it to feel. But once it gets down on the inside of us, it starts working on our life and it changes us for the better. Won't the word change you for the better? Won't it do for you what you can't do for yourself? Won't the word cause things to be turned completely around in your life? If I'm talking right, tell somebody I know what the preacher talking about. Because the word done helped me time and time again. And so he wanted them to receive the message that he had received from God because it would change their life for the battle. And you know when, when the Lord said that to the devil, the, the devil had to come up with a plan to stop God's folk from receiving the word of God. Remember now in Matthew 4 and 4 again that when Jesus said man shall not live by bread alone but every word of God. He was talking to the devil. And so the devil like I got to stop them from living by the word. I can't let them get the message and then turn around and start thinking, talking and doing it. Because if they do that they're going to be blessed in every aspect. And so the enemy comes up with a way to stop God's people from receiving the message. A message that's enlightening. A message that will cause light 
to show up. You'll be wondering about something. And then all of a sudden, you come to church and God drops in your lap, your rank. And your eyes began to come open. Now I know what I need to do. And that has happened to to some of us numerous times. How we were wondering about something. We had been praying about it. And then we'll come to church. And all of a sudden God will drop his word. And the light would begin to eliminate us. And we'll say now I know what path I need to walk down. And so the enemy knows that I have to get darkness. I have to make a way to where darkness does not allow saints to see the light or to see. And see, understand this. The enemy causes darkness to come because darkness is not a part of who God is. Notice what John said again here in 1 John 1 and 5. In God is no darkness. And notice John put emphasis at all. Ain't no darkness in God. So the enemy has to come with some darkness. You get happy about the message, but the enemy will come with some darkness to cause you to lose your joy. Cause you to lose the light that God had put in your being. And so darkness is the antithesis of who God is. God is light. There is no darkness in him at all. So when we consider God, when we consider darkness, we got to consider who God is not. And when we find out who God is not, then we'll know exactly what darkness is. And we especially want to deal with it from an ecclesiastical, a church standpoint. Because that's who he's talking to, the church. And so we have to consider, first of all, 1 Corinthians 14 and 33. Let's read it real quick, 1 Corinthians 14 and 33. But hold on to 1 John 1 and 5. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 14 and 33. Y'all all right? For God is not the author of confusion. He's not. But of peace. Well, as in all of the churches of what? The saints. And those he's at churches of the saints because there are churches that are not churches of the saints. And in churches that are not churches of the saints, you're going to find confusion. 
but it won't be God because God is not the author or the beginner of confusion. So if something is confusing, God ain't in it. If something is out of order, God is not in it. Why? He's not the author of confusion. But the enemy will try to bring confusion in order to keep the light out of where the light wants to go. If God is trying to get you to believe that he's going to heal you, expect the enemy to send darkness or confusion to cause you to wonder about your healing. You ain't got to wonder about a promise of God. If God promised that he was going to do something for you, God is a God of his word. Have you not read Isaiah 55? Once he sends forth his word, it will not return unto him void. Bottom line, if he said it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass. God is not the author of confusion. But then God makes sure that his people receive knowledge, know-how. God going to make sure you get know-how. From, from Genesis to Revelation, God is constantly telling us things that we need to know. Uses example after example to let us know who he is and what he will and will not do. Giving us knowledge. Even knowledge that lets us know, look, if I did something in Genesis, I'll do it now. If I did something in John, I'll do it now. If I did something in Acts, I'll do it now. You will? Yeah. Malachi 3 and 6, God changes not. Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. He will not change. So the enemy says, I, I, I've, got to, I've got to be to the point to where I'm going to let them come to church. But I ain't going to let them take that knowledge and use it. And that's darkness. I need to read a scripture real quick. Hosea. Hosea. Let's go to the book of Hosea. You have Daniel. Then you have Ezekiel. And then you have Hosea. Most of us know where Daniel is. Well, you have Ezekiel, Daniel, and then Hosea. So go there, Hosea. And we are going to consider chapter 4 and verse 6. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. And notice the two words, the first two words of the verse, because they are very important. My people. You can put your name there, child of God. My people are what? This is so. And, and, he, and isn't that sad? We got power, but here he says his people are destroyed. What's going on? For lack of knowledge. How in the world is God sending forth a word and folks have lack of knowledge? He gives us the reason. Because you have Rejected knowledge. Who is the enemy that did this, that caused this? Flesh, demons, the devil. God sends 
the knowledge of folk rejected. I, I ask people sometimes that come that come in the office to see me. I, I said, didn't you hear me preach such and such? I said, you should have just did that. You didn't have to come to me. I said, you didn't hear me preach? I said, I know you were there. I said, you. And then they feel insulted. But, you know, as parents, I have to remind them, you can't just come to church, baby. You got to come getting what God is putting on the table. If you don't get what God put on, put on the table, it, it says about you that not only are you not paying attention, but you are rejecting it. And see, if you reject what God is giving you, look at the conclusion. Destruction. Destruction. See, see, based upon this verse, one of the most powerful things you can possess is the knowledge of God. They used to try to, they used to, try to say in a commercial how powerful knowledge is, but, but see, some knowledge that's not divine is not really powerful. It may have some power, but it's limited. But when it comes to knowledge that's heavenly, that the Holy Spirit gives you, there is no other type news, information, or such that can even compare to it. Notice how powerful this is. You can stop your own destruction with God's knowledge. You can stop financial destruction, physical destruction, and, and such with the knowledge of God. You can cause poverty that may be trying to destroy you right now to cease simply with God's knowledge. Look at the verse again. My who people are destroyed. Why? For lack of knowledge. What happened? They rejected it. They rejected it. They rejected the truth. Rejected knowledge. Now consider this. In 1 John 5 and 6, I believe, it talks about practicing the truth. One antithesis of practice is to reject. And you got people instead of them practicing the truth. They reject the truth. I said you got some people instead of them practicing the truth. They reject the truth. Quiet in the house. I can whisper and preach. So quiet. <laughs> but let's take it a little further and consider some things that the Bible reveals in reference to darkness. Y'all all right with that? Let's go to Proverbs, second chapter. 
Y'all say with me, I'm almost done. This got to be helping somebody. If it ain't nobody but me. Proverbs 2 and 13. Ready? Notice it says, and, it, and it's talking about knowledge and wisdom and, and the power of it. How, no, but notice this. From those who leave the paths of what? To walk in the ways of what? There are folk that actually receive knowledge, receive the word that will help them live justly or uprightly, but guess what they'll do? They'll leave it. God gives you a word that that lets you know how you can come out of your situation, but instead of receiving that word, you receive darkness. Look at this verse again. Y'all there? Let's read it again. From those who leave the paths of what? To walk in the ways of. I heard what pastor said, but I got to do what I got to do. You need to rephrase. You got to mess yourself up. You heard what pastor said, but you got to mess yourself up. Because if you don't follow the truth, guess what's going to end up happening? You're going to mess yourself up. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 2. Y'all staying with me? Notice verse 14. Ecclesiastes 2 and 14. The wise man's eyes are in his head. But the fool... Walks in darkness. He takes it further. If you walk in darkness, you're a fool. And this really offends folk. Get a man. Ain't no fool, Pastor Well. I'm just. You, you got to know your Bible because you can become offended by what God is saying about you. You cannot be a fool and walk in darkness. Because if you are a fool and walk in darkness, child of God... And you rightly divide the word. Psalm 14 and 1 says, The fool has said in his heart, heart represents choices, there is no God. So even though I'm Christian, I can be in the seat of a fool because of the choices I make. Yeah, she's saved, but she still lives like a fool. Did you hear what Pastor said today? Yeah, he said it, but he was just going along with the word. And I'm going to be honest with you. I have played the fool. 
I said, I have played the fool since being Christian. Since telling folk I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, and that with a mind to run on. Y'all remember how the, how the old saints used to say that? But sometimes that mind to run on ain't the whole truth. And so I have to be to the point to where I got to stay away from darkness. Because if I ever get in darkness, the conclusion based upon what Solomon says here is that I am a fool. I don't want to be nobody's fool. I said, I don't want to be nobody's fool. And I don't even want to play it, be in the seat of a fool no more. You? And so, John was point blank back in 1 John 5. That, hey, when it comes to God, in him, no darkness at all. But he does tell him exactly who God is. He says, God is, he liked God is light. God is the one that when it comes to his word, it causes folks to be illuminated. Causes them to see beyond the natural. Causes them to see beyond the prescription. Beyond the diagnosis. God, God's light will tell you when everybody is saying it's over, it's not over. God's light will tell you when everybody is saying we should go right. God's light will say, you need to go left. Isaiah said his ways are not as the ways of man. His thoughts are not the thoughts as man. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so are his thoughts and so are his ways. Everybody else is saying he's dead. God's saying he's sleep. He ain't nothing but a drunk. I can use him. She washed up. She going to be a prophetess for me. And some of us should be shouting right now because your own family members that gave up on you. They talked about how low down you were and they were right to talk about how low you were. But they never expected for God to pick you up out of the mar and the mari clay and sanctify you and make you into the man or woman of God you are right now. God saw in you what your own family didn't see in you. What you didn't even see in yourself. Say to your neighbor, that's the reason when I say can't nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. I mean it. 
And then some of us, God done cleaned us up and we have the audacity to act as if we ain't never been dirty. We were so messed up that the only thing that could clean us up was the blood of Jesus. That's the reason I tell folks who tell me I can't change, Pastor. Yes, you can, but it's going to take Jesus and his blood to do it because nothing can wash you. Nothing can make you white as snow. Nothing can cleanse you from your crown to the, to the sole of your feet, saving the blood of Jesus, which will do it inwardly and outwardly and make you into somebody you you have never been. That's the reason Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. All things have passed. What happened? The blood of Jesus. I said the blood of Jesus. That's the reason you look like you look. That's the reason you talk like you talk. That's the reason you think like you think. It was the blood that got Leviticus tells us that there is life in the blood. Is not just life in this red fluid that circulates throughout our body. But there is life in the blood of Jesus. That's the reason in John 10 and 10 he gave us something that should have turned on a light. He said the thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come. I am come. Why? That you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Who are you? I am the good shepherd. I came to take away the sin of the world. And so you have to be to the point to where you recognize God is Light. Don't accept what folks say when it's in contrast to the will. God has the final say. Heaven and earth shall pass, but not God's word. Not one jot, not one tittle shall fail until all is fulfilled. I used to let folk move me when they say certain things. But I done learned God got the final say. Some of us in there, you know, you know you done learned God got the final say. Everything you have, folks said you wouldn't have. But God told you you were going to have it and look at you right now. They said you were going to die, but God said you're going to live. Ain't nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. God is light. He illuminates or causes us to be enlightened. And, and see, when God 
sends a word to enlighten you. What should happen is that your confidence, if you have none, it should be spiked to the point to where you start feeling on the inside of you. I ain't going to go down like they saying I'm going down. God going to bring me out of this. And I'll never forget these folk had and turned me down and I, I was ready to go home. And then all of a sudden, God just said to me, didn't I tell you the day was the day I was going to bless you? Man, it's something about when God speaks to you, whether directly or indirectly, if you really trust God's word, it'll do something to your sanctified soul. Say to your neighbor, it's something about God's word that ain't like no other word. Am I right about it? It should give you confidence. And, and see, understand something. When, when God sends a word to enlighten you or give you confidence, the enemy or your flesh going to come with darkness. Once God enlightens you or gives you confidence, never allow darkness to take away what God has put in your being. I, I like what the Hebrew writer said. Let, let's go to Hebrews 10. Lord have mercy. I'm closing. I'm closing. But I'm happy. You ought to be happy by now. Say, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm with Pastor. I'm happy too. Well, you take your happy self to Hebrews 10. Let's go, happy person. Since me and you happy, let's go. Hebrews 10 and 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Why? That, that God done illuminated you through his word and you excited. You, your credit shot, but God done told you he's going to bless you anyhow. The doctor done gave you a bad report, but God said he's going to raise you up anyway. And so you fire, you, you on fire. You done heard preacher, you turning in victory, you on fire. You ain't just turning, your shoulders going up. You so happy, your shoulders going up. Then some of you get so happy, you start from side to side doing your little dance. Why? Your confidence is on fire. But then that darkness will come. Won't the enemy come when you done got a good word? Look at what he says. Cast not away your confidence, which has great reward. I don't care what the enemy says. I don't care what happens. Never give up on God. Why? He can't fail. Do you know that's a true saying? God can do anything save. Why am I going to give up on somebody who can't fail? Why in the world are, are we going to give up even when it don't look like it's going to happen? He can do anything say what? Say so your neighbor God can't fail. And, and God, he, he's so awesome to where he, he'll let failure happen and show up and change it. 
I said, he'll let failure happen and then show up and change. You know everything that could go wrong has went wrong in your life, but then God came in and did a reversal. David had been out fighting for God, fighting for the people of God. Got back to the house. Folk had unstole his wife, his children. And the folk that went with him to fight had got their folk and their stuff too. And instead of them praying and asking God what to do, they got mad. Guess at who? The leader. You ever got mad at the preacher when it didn't work for you? Even the priest didn't want to act right. And David sensed it and said to the priest, I need your help. Why? Because I got to go and talk to God. I got to go and pray. And so he did the priest's job. He went into prayer. Came out of prayer. And he said, hey, it's time to go again. Because God said that I need to do such and such. And don't even worry about your children. Don't worry about your stuff. Because God said we're going to get everything back. You know what I love about the folk that were with David? They were mad at him, ready to kill him. But they knew David had the word of God down on the inside of him. And when David spoke that word, they saddled up and they got ready to go. Long story short. They recovered all. And you know God a plus God. Plus he gave them something to go with it. I said, plus he gave them something to go with it. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't receiving yet. I'm not just talking about David. This message right here is bigger than David. It may have happened for David back then, but we are the modern day David. It's going to happen for us. Bottom line, never cast away your... It's going to cause great reward. God will work out things for you that naturally speaking are impossible. He is the one that enlightens or gives you the confidence. That's when you never give it up. Well, I guess I mighty well start. No, you don't. No, you don't. Unless God done told you different. Always let God have the final say. Let him be who he said he was going to be. When it comes to your faith, what you receive, what did he say he would be in Hebrews 12? The author, that's the one that starts it, and the finisher, the one that concludes. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, whatever he gave you, Because faith comes through his word. Whatever he gave you, never cast in the word and say it ain't going to happen. No, it ain't over until who says it's over. Why is that? He's the author and what? And then he turned around and told John the pen in Revelation, you let them know I'm the alpha, I'm the omega, I'm the beginning, and I'm the ending. 
told John, I want you to say it in Greek, and then I want you to turn around and say it in English so they can know that I ain't playing. John said it twice. What does that mean? He wanted to bear witness, get this, of himself. The Hebrew writer said when, when, when God looked for somebody he could, he, could, he could use or swear to, he couldn't find nobody. So he swore it by himself. He took an oath himself and said this, that, and the other is going to happen. We got to understand the word and then we have to stand on the word despite what we go through. God is light. In him is no darkness at all my last scripture God being light says about him that he is the source of good and perfect things I want to read James 1 and 17 go that way James 1 and 17 I'm closing how many of this show right? Or it's helping you. Or it's reminding you, whatever, whatever the case may be. But anyway, James 1. And we want to consider verse 17. James said, every good gift and every perfect gift. And you know, good means that it's, it's better, beneficial. I like good gifts. Something that's going to make me better. Then he said every perfect gift. Something that's going to make you complete. Or basically something that's going to mature you. You know, even a trial that comes in your life is perfect. It takes a trial to mature you in some instances. As reading David said, it was good that I was afflicted. Why, Dave? That I might learn your word or that I might trust your word. Because I wasn't trusting your word, Lord, the way I needed to trust it. But every good and perfect, again, if it's perfect, it's going to mature you. It's going to make you put away childishness and become a man and a woman. Based upon 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. And so every good and perfect gift, notice, is from above. And so that's reading the enemy. He said, you know what? I, I, can't, I can't let them get this light. I like her acting childish. She's been saved 15 years and she still acts stupid. I got, I got to keep us in stupidville. Because if, if she get this gift, because the word is a gift. Your pastor is a gift. If she start receiving her gift, that means she going to get mature. I can't let her get mature. I got because she she might go to when I need somebody to cause a whole bunch of foolishness. Y'all understand what I'm saying? This is real, saints. The enemy will try to stop you from receiving light 
in order to keep you in childishness. Now, folks, I've been saved 20 years, still act stupid. And, and it's embarrassing when they tell you they've been, you know, I've been saved since, I, in the, since 72. You've been saved since 72? I thought you'd been saved two years. But that light will come to try to make you mature. It, it used to be a fear in me to just do a particular thing. And God said to me, he said, I done gave you a word time and time again that, that you should not allow that fear to stop you from doing this. And what it was, it, it, it was a fear that, that was stopping me from giving in abundance. I was faithful in, in giving the tithe. But God had been telling me, I, I want you to start giving hundreds. And, and then I want you to start giving thousands. I said, Lord, I, 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 I was so used to after the tithe, giving a 10, giving a 20. And then God said, look, I want you to leave 20s. And the only thing I want you to do is start giving hundreds or thousands. And see, I was immature when it came to my giving because I had reached a level to where I could give that. See, some folks are not on that level, so God is still trying to get you to give 20s and you stuck at $2. God knows where you are. And so finally, I, I, I say, God, I'm going to do 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. I'm going to put away this childishness concerning my giving. And I'm going to step out and I'm going to start giving hundreds and thousands and look back. I love, I love to tell folks I give more than $100,000 a year. I love to tell them stuff like that. He just go and verify. They'll tell you that's what I give a year. Why? Because it was a fear for me to do it. But some of us, it's a fear when it comes to other things. It's a fear and, and it's causing you to remain in immaturity. Wherever you are, you have to understand the only way you're going to come out of particular things is for you to receive God's light. And allow it to cause you to become perfect or mature. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. But he look, notice this right here. Notice the latter part. Lord have mercy. Woo. Look at this. With whom, well, and comes down from who? The father of who? God is light. In him is no, well, at all. The good and perfect gifts comes from who? The father of who? And father here in one sense represents the creator. The maker. 
But notice this. Well, he may have did that for pastor, but me and pastor, you know, I ain't pastor. Yeah, I ain't. Cuckoo kid. But look at the latter part. Sha-da-da. With whom there is no variations or shadow of turning. Bottom line, God ain't no respect of person. He'll cause the same to happen for you. With me, you may not have the same fear. Well, I ain't got that fear no more. But, but whatever, whatever it is that's causing you not to be mature in a certain area, God will give you light in order for you to cause that fear to lose its hold. You don't allow stuff to control your life that's not connected to, to God. You don't allow that. Had a person this week say, look, you ain't such and such. I said, no, I ain't such and such. Oh, you think you better? I said, better ain't got nothing to do with it, man. I said, look, I just trust God with all my heart. I don't lean to my own understanding. God told me to do such and such, and that's what I'm doing. And I was, you see how straight my face I ain't smiling now. See how straight my face here? I was just as straight-faced to that person when I was talking. I, I'm just, I just trust God. Well, Pastor, you may be saying that. No. Again, God is no respect of person. God wouldn't be God if he only did certain things for Pastor Walker. If God is God, he's going to do it for his children. And I'm going to stop right there. Let's.